are live. Zahra Nia, thank you for joining us in the Herbs and Co show. Zahra Nia, you are a tech consultant, Fabletics ambassador, and science guru on Instagram. It's literally an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you for joining. How are you? Great. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm good. I'm sitting here and it's kind of sunny in London, so I'm feeling good. Yep. I know we, we get very few of these days, right? Uh, it's it's a very miracle. few. Yes. Um, and my friends in other countries can't relate, but yeah, very few sun, sunny days. It's like when you describe, I mean, this is common knowledge to everyone, but when you want to say you live in London or you live in the UK, it's like there's an equal sign rain. That's all people think about. Like Literally. Rain. <laughs> Literally. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so fun story we're actually discussing before we start recording is me and you met on Instagram. So yes, this is, uh, well, I don't want to say 2020 because it was earlier than that, but this is the generation we live in. Just people randomly reaching out on Instagram. And uh, I, I like the content that you post. And um, I, ho I hope you don't feel like I was one of the creepy people on Instagram that I like floating <laughs> about as well. I'm sure you got spammed by a lot of the content I used to post. But um, yeah, it's, it's been fun since we've exchanged a lot of valuable information. We have, yeah, and I no, I, I didn't. You didn't come across as the creepy guy. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, the only Iranian who was not that creepy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, it's it's so interesting because um, back, I guess back a few years ago, if you said to someone, "Oh yeah, I've made friends with someone on Instagram or on the internet," they'd be like, "Oh, be careful." You know, it's it's a bit it's a bit <laughs> of a a weird, you know, like gray area, but now it's becoming such a common thing. And I know so many people who have met literally through Instagram um, and they've become good friends. And it's it's, a, it's such a good platform and tool. And I think if you utilize it well, it's um, you can get a lot out of it. So um, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, th this is, and it's so good that I'm having this conversation with you actually, because this is the time we live in, right? I mean, look at just what happened post COVID. Look at how everyone's working from home. We, we thought it'd be impossible. It's going to be the norm now. I dare I say, I saw somewhere in the news, I don't know what the source is that they said, maybe even four day work week or something. I hope oh, I'm I'd right on that. that. That would be the dream, right? <laughs> yeah. But related to yeah. that, um, you are in tech, you're a tech consultant. Uh, now, first of all, anyone that hears that, they're like, what's a tech consultant, myself included? So please, yep. actually, before we dive into that, tell us a bit about your background. Um, I think I jumped, I got so excited about the tech consultant bit that I jumped right into it. But tell us a bit about your background and like, have you always been in the UK? Um, yeah, just give us a, a summary of uh, what you've been up to and where you're from. Yeah, so um, I'll keep this as short as I can because I could talk about that my you know for hours and hours. Please go ahead. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm Iranian. I was born in Iran, actually, which I think not that many people know. Um, and I've mostly lived in London and been been in the UK from around five years old. So um, I'm 23 now. So it's, it's been a while. It's been a minute. Um, and yeah, so Iranian, very proud Iranian. Um, you can see from my Instagram posts and things like that, that it's kind of a it's a big deal for me. And I'm very proud of um, our culture. And um, yeah, and so exactly right um and i i like to think i speak farsi well but i think i have a hint like a little hint of an accent which really annoys me um so i'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to you know do do better we'll give it a try once we stop recording <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll give it a try um but yeah i've always i've always lived in the uk i've lived in other parts of the uk as well i used to live in wales which is like a, a cool fact 
um, and nice. a city called Swansea, which has beautiful beaches and really friendly people. Um, some of my best friends are from there. Um, and then also mostly in London as well, um, and mostly kind of West and Southwest London. And yeah, apart from that, I went to university in London as well. I went to Queen Mary. Um, I did a science degree. I did chemistry with um, kind of specialization in pharmaceutical chemistry. I thought I wanted to work in pharmaceuticals. I tried it for a little bit. And then I realized that I'm actually really interested in technology. So from then I kind of jumped into tech. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting actually, because there's a lot of people, myself included, for the longest time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And um, I like how you thought you wanted to do something and you went for it. And then by doing that, you're like, actually, I think tech is more where I want to be. And I, I think that's one key thing in my 30 years experience in life. <laughs> I've, I've learned is like so many people I, I hear that are stuck that I, I just don't know what I want to do. But one thing I found is the key is to do something it might not be the right thing. I mean, um, I chose accounting as a complete risk. And uh, being quite frank with you, I, I don't really enjoy accounting. I do like reading financial statements. That's about it. That's where it stops. It helps with my investing, let's say. But um, right. it's by trying something and realizing what you do and don't like that suddenly other doors open up. It's, it's just making the move and, and getting active with something you want to do. Do you find that's kind of uh, played a part in your life at all? That's such a good point, because what I was about to say was that if I didn't go to do that job in the pharmaceutical company that I worked for, and th that was a wonderful company and the people I'm still friends with, and it, I had a really great group of team, like a really great team around me, but it was just the job that I didn't particularly um, think I could do you know for the rest of my life um, if I didn't do that if I didn't do the job that I did not want to do I would not realize oh yeah I actually want to do tech so it was for me it was kind of on on the route it was it was almost like on the plan um, even though initially I thought oh I maybe just like wasted a year doing this but then I realized no actually I actually met someone in that company in the pharmaceutical company who I then realized oh I could do tech I didn't realize that I could do this job as a technology consultant so I think what you said was so spot on it's like you have to realize from doing what you don't want to do to then kind of getting on to what you exactly. do want to do if that makes any sense no definitely definitely I mean I totally relate to that and I'm sure a lot of people listening will relate to that as well but uh, you briefly mentioned um, how you met someone uh, from tech in what you were doing so that, that that was my next point actually it's like how did you get the exposure to tech to suddenly say oh wait this is what I want to do how did that happen yeah so the, the great thing about jobs nowadays and I think what we're lucky with and what we're blessed with is that you literally have so much information at your fingertips and it's so it sounds so cheesy you can like literally you have like so much knowledge on on a phone right um but what I did was that I realized oh yeah tech could be something that I could enjoy. I did kind of do some tech events when I was at university um, because I, I knew a couple of my friends were doing it and they were like, yeah, come along. It could be something you could do with your chemistry degree if you don't want to go into lab work or pharmaceuticals, as a lot of people did go into eventually. Um, so then I kind of went to those events and I also knew someone like from from the pharmaceutical company who did it, who then ended up doing that. And then I just researched. I did a lot of research on Google. Um, there's a lot of like 
YouTube videos as well on what you know different sectors in tech and different types of technologies you could work with. So really, it's just kind of it's it's that willingness that you you kind of have to learn you have to have that willingness to learn to be able to do anything in life and with the technology industry so many people think there's a misconception that they think oh yeah you have to be able to code you have to be able to have a computer science background but that's not true at all there's so many varied roles that you can actually go into tech not knowing how to code go in with a chemistry degree or I know someone who went in with an English degree but they they just really were keen and if you're keen to learn that's kind of, that's the best thing, really. Man, you, you hit the nail on the head, like absolutely killed it there. This is what I, I've, I just feel, for example, something as simple as YouTube is so undervalued. There's so many, um, again, like in the uh, like passive income <laughs> space, there's so many of these fake gurus that are selling you courses for like $9,000, $5,000, oh, I don't know how much. Yeah. You can get the best education on YouTube, or if you do want to pay for it, look, there, there's a lot of education that's good, that's worth a bit of money as well. Of course, I 100% agree with that. But somewhere like Udemy, for example, where you can pay £100 for a really good course, like I want to learn Python, and I think that's going to be valuable for my career as a supplement to accounting, because I think my industry specifically is going to go through a lot of change, especially with machines and all. So with I got to go down yeah. that route. Exactly, tech. So I need to kind of start sharpening my tools in that area. And Udemy is amazing. It's, you get 50 hours all the time. of courses. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And then YouTube, all this free content, like you said, researching Literally. about the industry. What do the pros say? There's so many uh, YouTube influencers that do like a day in the life of. One of my colleagues at work, um, his YouTube channel is Corporate Steve. So he's recording uh, what it's like a week in the life of a corporate professional. And this is these are things that you wouldn't get before. Sorry, I'm just getting, it's saying my internet connection is unstable for some reason. Are you hearing me? It, it was for like, it was for a second and now you're okay, I think. Okay, awesome. <laughs> All right. Okay, cool. Yeah. But yeah, my, my point being that um, it's, we just have so much at our fingertips, as you said, and people don't take advantage of it. And again, what you said really related to me because I always thought it's like, man, there's big barrier from between me and tech. Like, oh, I don't know how to code. Maybe I should learn how to code before I like look at anything techie but uh mm-hmm. that things like this like speaking to individuals like yourself really breaks down barriers and it helps people understand all you have to do is the willingness like you said it's how bad do you want it um literally there's, there's people literally. that can go into an office and literally everything's online but there's people that can still show up to an office and hand their cv um and say listen hire me i'm looking for a job people have stopped doing that it doesn't happen as much anymore so willingness is key and that's what stops a lot of people I feel that's so true and the biggest barrier honestly this sounds cheesy but it's true the biggest barrier is yourself is your mind it's it's you thinking okay I can't do this or oh this is too complicated or I'll never get to this stage and what you soon realize is that little by little it's actually not as bad as you think like anything I've done in life initially I was so scared of it and Initially, I was a barrier to myself, really. I was thinking, oh, I, I couldn't do that. I could never uh, I could never work in tech because, again, I don't have the experience. So I've never, I've never you know, worked with computers before, really. And then you realize, no, like you can. And I, I work with a specific software now called Salesforce. Um, and before I joined the team, I was like, that's not for me. Like I've never, I, I used to do like titrations in chemistry labs. I don't do Salesforce. Like, what is that? 
Um, and then you realize that, no, if you want to, you so easily can. But I think emotionally and mentally, it takes up such a long time for us to stop being a barrier to ourselves. And that I think once you stop, it's like you, you can literally do anything. And that sounds really like cliche, but it's so true. It's, it's a truth. It's um, fear is a, you know, fear and uncertainty or doubt, if you want to re relate it to the crypto investing space, FUD. Um, <laughs> it, it's massive in people. It stops people from making that first step and just fear of failure. I think people need to be comfortable yes. with failing and understanding it's part of the process. You need to fall in love with the process. And what is it? What was that quote? It's like the journey is the destination. So yes. fail a hundred times, you know, that hundred and one time you'll succeed. Literally. If I said that right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of my um, favorite quotes that's actually on my wall is um, success is moving from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. And I think, I think, I can't remember who said that. I think it must've been Churchill who said that, but Love it. It's just, it's such an incredible quote because like, I think people think you've always had that success or you've always been good at that certain thing before, yeah. but then it's really that, that loss of enthusiasm, which is the real failure. I think when you're moving from something that maybe you didn't do well in to the next thing, if you lose your enthusiasm and if you lose doubt, you know, if you have doubt in yourself and you lose faith in yourself, I think that's where the real failure comes from because like you said, not being afraid to just kind of go and do it anyway and knowing that it's part of the process, it's it's so essential. Yeah, uh, we have actually similar favorite quotes, by the way. I, I've got mine. Oh, um, uh, do we? Okay. I, I have a display picture of Michael Jordan. Uh, I used it until I used my wife's one. But um, <laughs> basically, it was um, my favorite quote ever is uh, by Michael Jordan. It's like, I've missed, I, I don't know how many thousand shots in my career. I've been trusted with the game winning shot this many times. Uh, I failed over and over and over again. And that is why I succeed. So it, that, that one like Literally. really hits home. And um, it, that's all it is. It's having a system instead of having goals. It's understanding that, okay, 1% um, better every day, like being consistent with what you want to do. Yes, there's going to be days that suck. And I'm using the example of uh, me training for like sports competitions before. There's going to be days where you, right. you, doubt, you doubt yourself. And um, it's just showing up again the next day and constantly because subconsciously, without you knowing, the, the muscle memory works. You are improving whether you like it or not if you do put the effort and the time in. Regardless of whatever you do, it can be your job, it can be sports, it can be a painting that you're painting, your house, anything. It's just showing up every day and doing something, compound effect. I love how this has gone into a motivation mm -hmm. route, by the way. Welcome to the show. <laughs> this is how we roll, people. Um, yes, so yes. Tell me more about you as a tech consultant. What, what's that like? What do you get up to? Enlighten me, please. Yes. So it's so the term tech consultant is very general, but um, you can work with very different types of technologies. The, the consultancy I work for um, and the team that I specifically work for, like I mentioned, we work with a CRM software called Salesforce. Yeah. Um, it's basically like SAP and Oracle, but a different different version. And um, I like to think it's a kind of a prettier version because it, it looks more new and aesthetically pleasing. But what I do with that is I do configurations with the software. So I have to basically know how to use the software quite well. Um, within that field, you, there's certifications and qualifications you can learn with your specific software. 
which kind of every um, every kind of few months there's little upgrades with tech you'll you need to be retraining yourself all the time which um, yeah some people might think and initially I kind of saw it as a bit of an inconvenience and, and as a bit annoying but then I think tech is literally the industry that's moving I don't know is it seconds I don't always, know minutes yeah. every minute always there's something added to it whether it's the software side whether it's a new Tesla or whatever there's something added to it so you have to be willing to be kind of on your toes you have to be willing to adapt to the new upgrades and things like that so I think if anyone wants to to go into tech they have to be aware of that they have to be aware that it's constantly changing and if you as an individual don't embrace change it might not be the industry for you but if you like change and if you kind of take it in your stride and you think oh this is this is a good thing then it can absolutely it can be a wonderful area but as a day-to-day -day kind of routine I um it depends on the project you're in I work with kind of different clients um so it really depends on what your client wants and you have to be able to adapt as a consultant to what your client wants. I'm sure you know that as well, um, working in finance. So um, you, you do that, I, I do Salesforce configurations, but I also do um, kind of a more business analyst role, which I would present a demo of the Salesforce um, kind of system that we've built for the client, which means basically just taking them through the whole thing. It's almost like a presentation, but I'm like doing it on my computer and I'm taking them through the system. Um, and I would also do workshops on the system that we've built uh, to answer any questions. Um, and what you're doing is you're basically presenting tech to people who've never even seen the software or who've never even seen um, of a CRM software, or who've never heard of Salesforce. So even though you have to be quite in detail with it, you have to keep it high level, which is kind of a, sometimes difficult to do. Yeah, no, I relate to that big time uh, from a financial point of view. It's like, yeah, I don't want to say it like that, but slightly dumb it down for everyone's understanding. Yes. Okay. Exactly, um, and I think that that's a skill, though. I think if um if you can do it, I'm still getting better at it. But I think if you can <laughs> dumb things down a little bit, I think Einstein said. I don't want to keep on quoting people. This isn't like a motivational quote like. <laughs> quote away. This is it. The motivational um, episode. This is what we've been waiting yes. for. <laughs> yes. Um. So. I think Einstein said you never really un understand something unless you can explain it to your grandmother and if I try and explain what I do to my grandmother I'd have to really bring it like <laughs> super like you know low detail and like super high level and keep it very general so I think and that's really important I think it takes a skill to do that to be able to take something so complex and then make it into a like a bite-sized little presentation um so again that kind of it depends on how good your communication skills are and things like that and again i'm trying to improve on that but yeah that's kind of what i do on a daily basis it can change if my client changes um that's kind of the consulting side um but yeah i, I do enjoy it because there is that aspect of something new all the time and yeah i'm lucky that i've got a good team and everyone is very supportive and, and the culture is quite relaxed whereas i think other consultancies maybe aren't so yeah, um balance seems yeah. to be a bit of an issue in uh i mean forget our industry but uh consulting for sure um, so it's good to hear definitely that it seems like the work-life balance is quite good where you're working it is it really is it's kind of it's different to the other tech consultancies i have to say not to That's bash them or anything but um it, it is different it's that you can kind Shots of instantly fired. see <laughs> <laughs> yeah i won't mention any names i'll get in trouble but um 
yeah, I think you, you have to, before you join a company, don't just look at the salary. And if someone's paying, I don't know, five grand more and go for that job, know that maybe that five grand is the, you may be working an occasional weekend. And do you want to do that? Maybe not. So um, it's you, you have to be um, very conscious of the culture of the company and um, how that how that's really important because it does play a day to day role into the culture, into how you are you know, mentally. Yeah, exactly. And that's the next thing I want to dive into is like mental health at the workplace. And it's very good to speak to someone like yourself because we can see the benefits of how important it is for your surroundings to be positive and be focused on your health and say, look, the job that needs doing uh, will, will be done. But after these hours, of course, there's going to be busy periods, I'm sure, as everyone else has. But like on a regular yeah. basis, Zara, thank you for you know contributing. Go, you know, do the rest of your day, whatever your personal life is. Whereas um, now dipping into my example, and people have heard this before in the podcast, is like horrendous uh, long hours, which I've made a conscious decision uh, since January, which is also when I handed in my notice initially. Use Flash, everyone. I'm actually staying on longer in the company. So that's another <laughs> story. Um, I saw in your Instagram, I, I kind of saw this and I was like, oh, okay, it's good that you, if, if it wasn't working, you did kind of do something about it. Yeah, I, I voiced it. And um, personally, I just made a conscious decision to, there, there was a point, I'll be honest, there's, there's a point in life and I'm sure uh, like from my friends in investment banking, also they had the same mentality. It's like when you start out, you wear it like a badge of honor and you're like, oh, I've worked this many hours. I mean, myself, I, I was like that. I was like 18, 19 hours, easy. That's what we do. And um, then you reach a point, you're like, wait a second, this is taking away from my personal life. I'm, I'm selling my time to this company and uh, it's affecting my health. It's affecting my surroundings, everything. So it's just not worth the paycheck. And once you make that conscious decision, to clock out at a certain time and you don't care what happens, whether the building burns down, um, you just feel much better. And honestly, I, it feels so good to not think about work on a weekend or not even be working on a weekend. So I, I fully support what you just said. Please, for anyone listening, look beyond the paycheck. It Work-life balance, like the company culture is absolutely key for wherever you want to work. Not just from a work-life balance either. I mean, the people are very important. What vibes do you get from them? Um, is it a toxic environment where people criticize you and it's not constructive criticism? Like, can you grow there? Can you improve? Or is it just people putting you down? Do you feel, Zara, that you've had uh, good mentors um, in your current position? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, I think men mentorship is really interesting because mentors can be three things. And I, I got told this a while back and it really stuck with me. So men mentors can be kind of helpful, unhelpful, and just like neutral, you know, like nothing really particular. I, I guess that's almost unhelpful because you're not really going anywhere. So you can have, um, you can have, if you have a good mentor, then that's really, really good because of course that person can just be an example for you. Um, I have had some good mentors um, I think every time I've had a mentor, it just happened to be female. Um, and I think especially in tech, I don't, I don't know if we were going to go into the females in tech group, but I guess we can, we can kind Let's of smoothly it. transition. It was, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you have to really be able to see someone that you can look up to. Um, and that person being your mentor would be, it would be a great thing. Um, and just kind of, having conversations with them about 
you know, how you can develop as an individual professionally and personally. Um, I have had a few good mentors, but I think at the end of the day, mentors are great. And I've actually been a mentor once, but if, if, you're not kind of willing to put in the work yourself and you're, you're not willing to kind of make the changes yourself, then it's not going to go anywhere. But what mentors can do is really just give you the knowledge and tell you, oh, by the way, you can do this. And, or you know, I did this, so you can also do it too. Um, there was kind of a more senior woman who's my mentor and she she's great to look up to because she's, you know, female in tech and like almost all of her other kind of senior level colleagues or men um and there's nothing wrong with that but i think there is of course that a big big gap in um in tech especially where when it comes to females and um males and that's kind of something that's really well known but um yeah so i think having a mentor who is someone that you could see yourself being in a few years is really important um and just that person existing because you think okay i can actually get to that senior level um which it then kind of brings us to the topic of representation and how how key that is and seeing you know women women of color men men of color you know in, in positions that you want as well yeah no it's super important and i love what you said about how there's a certain amount that mentors will do for you i, I i've had the same experience as you it's it's more them opening a door and saying, look, you can do this and it's totally up to you. And um, I feel before experiencing that, my idea was, and a lot of people's might be, is, oh yeah, I just need a mentor. They'll like hold my hand and I'll do everything while they show me everything. No, that's not the case. It's like, they'll say, look, that's a direction, head in that direction and um, you figure it out yourself. But the other benefit of it, as you said, is someone that, you might have some relation to like for example you're saying in tech there there isn't as many women when you see a top level female you're like oh it's been done before so i can do it as well and that is exactly something for you to work towards and maybe try and surpass someday that's that's very important to have these kind of checkpoints i don't want to refer to people as checkpoints but you get what i mean it's very important to see them that way and let it drive you damn this is such a motivational podcast i think i'm gonna go like, <laughs> send send job applications after this to, to people. i love it i love a good motivational video i actually it's, it's so it's so cliche but i i don't care i listen to those motivational videos on youtube i listen to oprah winfrey speaking about you know like she's just she's such a big like uh, motivational speaker and yeah i just i love it i think if it, if it helps someone if it inspires someone to do something why not so yeah absolutely it's motivational stuff i find are great to start with or like for the early phases and then Mm -hmm. every now and then dip into them and like whenever you're lacking but overall consistency and having a system in place is what gets you across the line and it's again accepting that there are going to be days that you're going to not be the biggest fan of what you're doing but showing up anyway that that is literally um, what i'm trying to apply to everything i do and i feel the people that i've seen succeed in what they do they have that element. I mean, a great example is my former bosses who actually are my mentors. Um, Genius German guys, unbelievably successful. And um, I know for a fact, and I guarantee you, they are in the office today working. It's like weekends and bank holidays and COVID does not apply to them. They, They show up every day and that's how you get an advantage over someone it's like you're putting in those consistency exactly just yeah. that extra eight hours a day and that adds up mm-hmm. eventually and you've got an advantage over people 
But um, definitely jumping on to the next topic, uh, you have been very active on social media, specifically Instagram. Um, I will obviously include your handle uh, in the bio of this uh, episode so people can follow you. But uh, I love how you're kind of educating people on a science level. Actually, before I jump into that, I forgot one thing. Um, you did mention challenges in your industry are uh, presenting things in like a dumbed-down version. Are there any other mm -hmm. challenges? Because I feel like work life seems fine. Environment seems fine. That was one particular area. But is there anything else that's a challenge for you? Yeah, I think it it goes back into the representation thing. Um, so this isn't this isn't my company because I, I like to think my company is a bit more on the diverse side. But also, I think every every company in tech, if I'm being honest, and even my company would agree that we they still need to do better. Um, is just getting more underrepresented people in technology. I think that's always going to be an issue. Well, I hope in like 50 years it's going to be much much less of an issue. But if I'm honest, um, I have other friends in different um, consultancies, kind of our competitors, and they all say the same thing, how they say, oh, yeah, I'm literally I'm very used to being the only woman in, in like a meeting with 12 other guys. Um, and that's very much how I am. Almost all my all my um, kind of team are mostly male. Um, and there's, I think, very few sometimes a few few software developers that are female. Um, but yeah, I, I just think the challenge that the whole tech industry is really is something that they should tackle. And I think so many women speak on this all the time and they should be speaking on it all the time is really just getting more women into STEM and science and tech and engineering um, in general. And I think to, the way you can do that is really through telling them what's out there, um, let, letting them know that you don't actually need to you know, be a certain way or be incredibly good at maths. Because I, I think I, I heard a girl say to me once, I, I did the talk like two years ago at my university and she was like, yeah, I'd love to go into tech, but I'm not very good at maths or I'm not very like scientific-y or like with data. And, I'm, and I just wanted to say to her, like you, those things are not prerequisites. You don't have to be a certain, you don't have to be super numerical or you don't have to be super kind of good with maths or anything like that to do, do a certain job, you can learn a lot of the things about technology, you can learn a lot of the things about any industry, you just have to want it. And um, so I think that's kind of the, the biggest issue, I'd say, is really just getting more individuals who are underrepresented into technology. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Um, I, I really, I mean, I suppose, I can't say ever knew that there was a lack in women in the workforce, uh, workforce of uh, tech. I, I always mm -hmm. knew it was kind of in financial services, you know, because it was always this alpha oh, is that the testosterone case? environment. That's what I thought. Uh, but um, right. now that you mention it and I think about it, so yeah, tech is, I haven't met that many women in tech apart from yourself. Actually, I'm trying to think if I've met any other woman besides yourself <laughs> in tech. But uh, no, it's it's interesting to hear that. And I, I suppose, yeah, it is a challenge. Like you do want to increase that workforce of women in that area. And I'm sure in the next 50 years, there's gonna be a lot of changes much sooner. Trust me, already financial services. I was speaking to a friend of mine the other night and um, he's, in the, um, he's in the private equity field. And he's like, look, the people that were in charge of us, you know, they're used to a totally different time where it's like, you know, you're in the office and you maybe find one woman and it's all alpha males fighting, bro, you know, chat, yeah. as we like to say. And uh, yes. now it's like you're getting more women and uh, there's 
less discrimination and hopefully most places no discrimination and you know the women do just as good if not better job than the men um so mm-hmm. it, it's it's great to see this type of change and of course not just women but like people of color everyone's yes. kind of being weighted the same and or at least we're making a move to the direction of everyone being uh kind of qualified based on their ability rather than their background or their sex or their gender or whatever so it's it's good to see that but yeah going back to the other thing i mentioned before i dive into yes. this is that your activity on instagram you're posting cool science videos uh, there was a, one you posted about clicking your fingers which i do a lot of myself and i'm yes. very happy to hear that i can do it in the long term so <laughs> misunderstand um okay i don't can okay. <laughs> um so i condone it if if it do, if it hurts you after you do it then you should stop it because okay, you're doing like some like it. bone <laughs> damage but what i wanted to say was that um i remember growing up and just clicking my fingers and my mom was like you're going to get arthritis your fingers are going to like bend and there's actually so much research into it and that's not really going to happen and all the sound is are nitrogen bubbles in the synovial fluid so um yeah i just what i kind of really wanted to get with my instagram videos is first of all it was kind of like a quarantine project which i think now and now and again we're going to see a lot of these quarantine projects that came out when people just got so bored and they wanted to be creative <laughs> and um, they wanted to kind of use some to do something with their time other than just work and maybe go for a walk um what i really wanted to do was to make science really easily understandable for literally anyone but also to make it somewhat entertaining and fun and um i think that a good feature on instagram is the reels because the maximum time you can have it is 30 seconds um millennials we have a short um attention span that's just science <laughs> so um, charged yes yeah it's um it's bad but i guess you know if, if we know about it we're aware of it but yeah, I just kind of really wanted to make science a little bit interesting and you don't, you know, something that you don't need like a PhD for to understand the science behind a topic. Um, I think I've been told by so many people, like I remember at university, I, I had friends who did humanities or law or something else. They, they would say, oh my gosh, I hated science in school. I hated the way it was taught. I hated, like, I felt so dumb in science. Um, I didn't understand, you know, any of chemistry, biology or physics. Like, I just did it to pass and to get to university. And I really, like, something clicked with me where I was thinking that either it's being taught in a weird, like, way where you're not really understanding it or it's just not seen as something that's interesting and um i really kind of wanted to want to make science something that almost anyone can understand and like we went back to the thing that we talked about about simplifying things and breaking it down um i think the thing that people feel dumb about it and they don't they think they need to like have a phd to understand a topic or anything i really want to break that um kind of stereotype about science so um yeah and i think (laughs) thank you and i hope i hope to keep doing that on um kind of a larger basis on the larger platform as um hopefully it grows but i think we're bombarded with useless celebrity uh you know news and celebrity like which kardashian broke up with and i i'm just like oh but you know if we actually had something like a platform which was interesting and fun but also educational that would you know do a lot better i think for our society than you know seeing Absolutely. kim and kanye's divorce you know so 
Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I'm a big advocate in that. I've actually argued with the missus about this. So here's the thing. Um, and I apologize to you specifically if I butcher this because right. I don't know the scientific way of explaining it. But It's um, okay. I'll forgive you. <laughs> after a work there, our brains are so lazy. That's the way I like to say it. And sometimes mm-hmm. putting educational info in there after like you put a, let's say, eight hour shift at work or your own business or whatever, it's, it's tough to kind of get educational stuff. So you do want to watch some relaxing stuff. But I'm a massive advocate, and this is just my personal opinion. I like anyone that does watch Love Island or any of those other reality TV shows. You know, power to you. I, it's entertainment. End of the day, there's nothing wrong with entertainment. Um, I like to waste my time, uh, and it's not necessarily wasting, but it's like if I'm not learning something, it has to be movies. And um, I love movie scenes. I love seeing actors being good at what they do. Uh, I feel like even as my brain relaxes and I'm looking at a movie scene like Inglorious Bastards, um, yes. I'm still picking up something. Like, I, you know, it's like, oh man, the, the camera angle there is pretty cool. That's the way you deliver that line is awesome. So if you do want to relax and if you don't feel like learning anything, maybe check like a movie out because you learn about script writing subconsciously. You know, I'm not going to say anyone that goes yeah. and watches a movie scene, they're not going to be like, wow, that's an amazing script. But Again, just my recommendation. However, what I don't agree with, again, myself, um, is watching things like Love Island or like watching content like Kanye and Kim's divorce. Listen, man, they're, I don't care. Like, fair enough. I, I'm a big fan of Kanye. I love his music. Um, I love the fact yes. that he's killed it in the fashion game with his shoes. Like, that's a successful business, man. 100% I'm going to watch his speeches on what he did to succeed and listen to any podcast he's on or whatever, because that is a formula for success. He, he became really good at one thing and he built that to a certain yeah. level and he used that platform to dive into another area. So, and I also think, um, and this is controversial, but um, it took a while for me to reach here, but you have to give props to someone like a Kim Kardashian because yeah. regardless of the route she took, this person has the power in media like whatever this she person does. does yeah she controls the me- media just like trump does trump controls the media like anything he says um so a guest i had on this podcast my friend Milad Raja, who tremendous episode definitely listen to it if you haven't um he was like he said it he nailed it he's like politics has become boring since trump left what are all these media yes. outlets doing so you do want these kind of larger than life characters that uh, are entertaining so fair play to kim kardashian actually fun story i worked at her milkshake shop opening in dubai so um, <laughs> yeah she it was cool. did you get to meet her um i was 10 meters away from her i okay. carried the chair and i put the chair on the on the stage where she sat on however me and her mother made eye contact like because wow we're in, we're in the back room chris jenner they, yeah chris jenner we're in the back room and the two of them were sitting down 10 meters away from me. And then I was just standing here with a chair. No one else was there. It was just the three of us. And the stage wow. was like behind the curtains. Uh, Zahra, it was unbelievably <laughs> insane because there was a certain point. Uh, and like, we had to wear these weird t-shirts saying millions of shakes. But uh, <laughs> and we were in Dubai Mall, which is the largest shopping center at that time. I don't know if it still is, but I've never seen people go so nuts and crazy for someone the way they did for Kim right. Kardashian we were coming down the escalators and there was a barrier uh, that they put like you know ribbons and stuff and as we we're coming down the escalator people thought we were like 
I don't know, bodyguards or like in the crew or whatever, uh, which we technically were. But once they saw us, they started screaming because they thought Kim Kardashian was behind us. She wasn't. But uh, it, I was like, wow, what is going on here? Yeah. Like, insane story. <laughs> I, I love how and... we digressed. <laughs> but no, I think even with that, I think... I actually think of Kim as quite, she could be very inspirational because she's a wonderful businesswoman. And I think even her mum, Kris Jenner, could, you know, she created all these people who are multimillionaires and she was the manager for all of them. So if you can literally take anything, you can take a good from anyone and you can take good advice and good kind of business prospects from anyone. And I think we should be doing that. I think the point I was really trying to make is that actually Kim and Kim and Kanye, whatever to them, I think the whole celebrity culture is um, kind of more about what I was talking about, but also um, just the fact that we can, I think in the, like things like Love Island and the Kardashians, they can be good. They can be an escape for us, right? They can be a distraction when we need a distraction. Yeah. When we've had a, yeah, when we've had a rough day at work, they absolutely can be. But I think if they're kind of viable sources of entertainment, then hopefully in the future we can have viable sources of like fun educational entertainment as well. So both can exist, and people can be like, okay, so I want to watch this. Um, you know, I want to watch an episode of the Kardashians or I want to watch like a David Attenborough documentary or something like that. And I think I, I really, yes, love it, love a bit of David. <laughs> um, so I think it's just, I, I really hope in the future um, there's, there's a side of that which kind of makes things like science entertaining and makes it really, you know, almost fun to watch. You know, maybe it's not going to always be as entertaining as watching, um, you know, some celebrity fight or love island or something like that but it's i think it should it should be there it should be out there and um it should be out there on a higher level and on more on more platforms so um hopefully that's kind of like what my science videos will reach at one point so um that's that's kind of that's kind of um yeah with my with my science uh little videos that was kind of um the point well, you're on the right track. I mean, uh, I, I really enjoy them. I'm sure a lot of people find tremendous value in them as well. Um, I, I think it's great what you're doing, especially being in this lockdown situation that we've been in for a year now. Um, Gosh, again, uh, I can't believe it's been a year. Can you believe it's I, been a year? Insane, insane. I, I, How long I have you been working from home? Since March, literally since March. So, yeah, year. mine's like February. Yeah, literally same. Yeah, but uh, I, I did... Uh, take some time off and go to Dubai and Istanbul for a couple of months here and there. So oh, I did I, see that. Yeah, I was very jealous. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> but uh, no, it's funny to go to Dubai because I feel like Dubai was uh, Essex for a while. Um, so that, oh that was my really gosh. interesting to see that. Yes. Yeah. I, I did see like literally. Yeah. yeah. How did you, and, how do you feel about that? Cause you're, you used to live there, right? Yeah. I mean, we, so growing up in Dubai and that's the place I've lived the most in my life. Although I think the UK officially as of last year makes okay, cool. the most I've ever lived, but um, I'll always consider Dubai home. So um, it was interesting because Dubai always had uh, an English community and I don't think they like the new wave of people from the UK going in like the original English community in Dubai. It's first of all, the population's tripled there. So um, wow. the local Emiratis aren't that many. I think it's, I could be wrong. It might be 10% or less. So it's mm -hmm. a large expat city. There used to be a lot of Iranians. There isn't as many anymore. There's still quite a few, but nowhere near as much as it used to be. Uh, there's a lot of other uh, Arabs from other countries. There's a lot of Russians. There's a lot of 
there's some Americans, but there's a lot of Brits in, in Dubai. And yes, specifically, I feel like uh, going back to this Love Island thing, I feel like there was, not that I watch it, but I feel like some of these celebrities maybe went there and it's a great place. Like, don't get me wrong. Like it's great weather, um, lifestyle of a lot of comfort that you experience there. And that's the most important thing. Look, I always said, if I do have children, of course, my mentality slightly changed, but I was like, when I do have children, I do want them to go to school in Dubai or something because safety is key there. People are afraid yeah. of the law and they respect the law. And um, I mean, the Emirati government gives us so much freedom. Uh, I say us like they still live there, but it gives the people <laughs> there so much freedom to do, you know, they give you access to this amazing environment and they're constantly building the biggest, the best, this, that. So they're like, all we want you to do is just obey the laws. And I don't know if you saw recently, but there was um, a bunch of people that uh, there was this video that went viral of 20 naked women on a balcony in Dubai and they were posing. For oh, I haven't seen that. No. So this is oh, one slightly wow. viral and um, happened this week. There was like 20 women fully nude on a balcony. Oh, in Dubai, wow. And like one of these um, people, and it was in Dubai Marina, which is an area full of tall buildings. So one of these neighbors from their balcony started filming these people. And it's like, this is totally disrespectful to this city. I think most of them have been arrested and they're, oh they're going to be in a lot of trouble. I'd be surprised if they weren't like, you can't pull stuff like this in that environment. Look, some people may argue that uh, the mentality there is outdated or whatever, but this is uh, what that culture believes in, what that religion believes in. And you're, in their land, in what they provide, the luxury that they've provided you. So abide by the laws, you know, we always did growing up. So we even felt offense to that. I mean, I'm quite laid back. I say, if you want to walk around nude, go walk around nude, do whatever you want to do. Yes. That, that area is there. So do respect it for what they are providing you. But um, absolutely. Yeah, how I feel about it to answer your question <laughs> is, um, very very so so I, I would appreciate if um, the rules were respected of it because it wasn't this nudity thing wasn't the only thing like um i'm sure you've seen the memes but five hotel on palm jumeirah they they call oh. it the british embassy so right um, yeah. yeah everyone from the uk seems to go there but i've seen videos of fights happening there and just a, a bunch of crazy stuff happening and we used to be a lot more concern about like if we were getting trouble in a nightclub a bouncer would just say shall i call the police and we're like please don't i'll behave i'll never do anything wrong again right so um, right it it's great to see dubai grow i'm happy for it in that sense but um i also wish the new wave of people going in there would respect it more and a lot of them are i can't blanket everyone there's friends of mine that have moved to dubai from here and they just see yeah. opportunity that, which that land has a lot of and they're taking advantage of it in a good way. And that's great to see. So that's where I'm at with it. Uh, have you been there before, by the way? I haven't. No, one of my best friends just moved there. And um, she lives in the marina as well. And she she just, she was kind of not really enjoying the UK. And she, she's actually fully English. She's from the UK. And um, she was just kind of, her work, they it just wasn't kind of vibing with her and she wasn't getting the job that she really wanted to get and she moved there and she got the job that she really wanted like she loves her job and um yeah and she really likes it and she says like it just really feels like home to her even though she's only been there a few months but yeah I, t I totally agree with what you said with the whole kind of respect factor I think even with Iran and things like that um in the media I think in the western media they can say oh it's so oppressive you have to wear you have to cover your hair and things like that but I think what's even more oppressive is just kind of not 
respecting a culture or you know doing something on purpose to blatantly disrespect a culture even though you know that's kind of what it's like and um as, you know dubai has been like that for years and years and you know the middle east has been like that for years and years so it's not like it's a new thing but um yeah it, it was really strange seeing those like influences um like the <laughs> orange <laughs> not not all of them of course you can't blanket all of them like you said but you know you know like the essex influences being like i'm mean. I'm a key worker. I think some some of them were interviewed I on that, um, ITV. Actually, yeah. yeah, it was it was good entertainment. But um, yeah, it must be it must be interesting because I think a few years ago, I think maybe ten years ago, it wasn't maybe like that. Maybe it was kind of a more high caliber, higher class. People would only go there. Um, but now it's like a lot of kind of very very young influencers um, yeah, go exactly. there, it was, and it was more. Um, slightly older people going to Dubai and yeah. now it appeals the younger generation which is again it's great to see that like it's great to yeah see yeah it's not place. a bad thing and I highly advise you to go as soon as you can it's it's not I will. everyone I've had friends that have gone there that haven't enjoyed it I've had friends that have gone there that have loved it and I've had friends that have gone there that say I need to move here and they have moved there and kudos to them right um, so definitely check it out it's it's awesome what I do like about Dubai is for a small city, I, first of all, I miss that small feel. Like I, I do miss uh, walking in the shopping center and every 25, 30 minutes, you're going to run into someone you recognize. Which oh, I love that. does not happen yeah. in London. London, when you run into someone you know is, you're like, wow, I just ran into someone yeah. like you. And uh, I think you actually did it with um, our mutual friend, Bernas, and you guys uh, sent yes. me a story. Shout out, Bernas. But um, shout out to yeah. Benaz. <laughs> yeah, uh, so it, it's rare when it happens in London, but uh, in, yeah. in a small place like that, it's pretty cool. And especially with the Iranians, um, it's it's always good yeah. to be in that area. But um, I love that community feeling. If 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 Dubai has that community feel, feeling, absolutely. then I think I'd really enjoy it. Yeah, you definitely need to try it out. So yeah, I think in the winter time I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, right? It's like um, from let's say June, June, although it's still okay, but like July and August is crazy, crazy heat. I don't yes. mind because everywhere is air conditioned over there. Yeah. I feel like this is turning from the motivational podcast to me being a travel agent. Like, hey guys, you need to go to <laughs> Dubai. If you haven't, now's your chance. But, Visit uh, Dubai.com. <laughs> exactly. So tell me more about your Instagram journey so yes you've been super active with the amazing videos you've done a great job um, you're also part of a um, engagement group and these I don't want to say they're becoming popular they've, they've been around for some time now um, Fabletics shout out Fabletics and um, yes yeah, I, I was gonna Fabletics. say like you being a brand ambassador it's awesome to see um, how you found it have your colleagues let's say been like in that field and what would your advice be to people that are on Instagram and they want to um, they want to like be more active and start getting involved with these brands to kind of have partnerships with them? So what's it been like? Yeah, so um, I think for me, I'm very much in the very beginner stages of that, of the brand partnerships and things like that. And from there, you know, I only hope to grow. Um, but Fabletics was my first kind of ever partnership. And it was so exciting for me because um, I had worn that, I had, I had their stuff and it was it was great workout clothes for um 
kind of really high quality that don't rip all the time that you know if you obviously when you work out you get sweaty and I think some brands forget that women sweat and they actually need to you know have really durable fabrics which sounds really funny but I think um, Fabletics actually it, it was created by um, a, a woman I think it was co-created by Kate Hudson who's an actress and um, so yeah the stuff is really cool and I'd worn it and I actually got in touch with them so I think a lot of people are afraid of, not afraid of that, but they just don't think of that as an option of the individual getting in touch with the brand themselves. They kind of think, oh yeah, they'll, they might reach out to me. And when you're beginning and you've got a couple of hundred followers, like they're not going to reach out to you. No one's going to reach out to you. You have to go yourself and be assertive and do that yourself. And that actually kind of echoes kind of a few things I've done in my life. Um, there, there were kind of things at university, there were societies and presentations I wanted to do that initially they didn't really need anyone or want anyone to do it. But then I kind of threw myself in and I was like, hey, I want to do this. Um, can I present on this topic? Can I be a part of this society? Um, so you kind of have to be don't be afraid to literally just send an email to a brand and tell them what you can bring to the brand and what you can you know being a partnership it, it's a two-way relationship it's not that they're just giving you items so you can promote them you have to actually tell them that you're bringing value as well so kind of even if you are a very small influencer like I am I'm very small but you still need to know that you have value and if you create content and that content goes viral then that's amazing for them and from kind of my partnerships and I, I post a monthly picture of an outfit they've sent me and from that I've got so many of my friends messaging me like hey which like which leggings should I get like what should I buy and awesome. even though that's kind of very small all of it adds up and it's not just me it's a group of around 50 60 girls so imagine all of that compounding um, and I think a lot of brands now are kind of being smart with their influences and in that they're using smaller influences because they're realizing oh yeah these girls or guys have impact too so um, you don't just need to have like a million followers to be able to do these partnerships. Um, so yeah, don't be afraid to reach out and yeah, go for it that yourself. The golden nugget of this episode. And it, it goes <laughs> back to what we discussed earlier as well, which I really appreciate about you. Um, it's, we've obviously spoken a few times before, but this is something I did not know. And I really respect about you is um, not being afraid to reach out and like putting your ego aside and look at, Oh, yes. like look it's just the beginning of course there's still plenty you want to achieve and you're going to achieve but look at the importance of breaking down these invisible barriers people set for themselves and say look i'm going to reach out to the brand i like this brand i'm going to reach out to them and i'm going to uh worst case you get rejected you move on they say them. no literally yeah, exactly. that's that's literally the worst worst case that can happen so um and i think people forget that and they let fear kind of get into them but yeah no so well done well done and i think anyone that hears this and uh this is probably going to be the main uh kind of promoting clip of the episode they're going <laughs> to find tremendous value in it so no thank you for that um have you and i know again we touched up on this briefly have you been in touch with uh, any other girls in these engagement groups how have you found that have they been very supportive yeah, so I've been very lucky. Also, um, my battery is really close to running out. Can I go get my charger? Yeah, no worries. No worries. Welcome back. All right. So just a quick break uh, to get your charger. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I was I was saying, um, so how have you found these the people in these engagement groups? Have they been supportive? What's it been like? 
Yeah, so the girls in the Fabletics engagement groups, I've been, I've been very lucky in that they have all been really nice, genuine girls. I got to meet a few of them in events pre-COVID and um, it was really interesting because I realised, and again, this is the power of you reaching out, I realised that almost all of the girls that I was in this group with, I was the one with the lowest followers and the kind of the lowest Instagram, I guess, presence. Um, and initially I was like, oh, I have the lowest one. But then I thought, oh, I have the lowest one, which means that I did pretty good to be around all these girls who are like proper influencers and who actually, I think some of them do it for, for a job. Um, so I think that's kind of the power of it is that you can actually network and surround yourself by people who, you know, I, I hope to have a certain number of followers and I hope to have a certain Instagram presence in a few years um, that these girls now do. So, um, I think I've been very lucky in that the girls have been really lovely, really supportive. Um, a few of them we've actually agreed to meet up after COVID and we talk all the time on Instagram. So it's it's um, it's a good opportunity to definitely put yourself out there and, and grow. So, yeah. Awesome. And uh, I think um, you've also got the most to gain being the one with the least followers. That's amazing, right? You're going to be catapulted right? from their followings like, and get to like a different level. That's That's amazing. They say, um, again, and we're going to go back to quoting, you're the average of the I think I know you hang out with the most. <laughs> I think I, <laughs> I was just about to think of that one. Yes, yes. And also they say, uh, I think we Did have the you? same quotes on our, yeah. <laughs> we have the same quotes on our mind. Um, I think they say, like, if you walk into a room and you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? Like, you should want to learn. So yeah. <laughs> I've also remembered Michael McIntyre saying it's like everyone's got... Uh, an idiot in their group or something and if you can't think of them it's you <laughs> it's you <laughs> exactly yeah no that's that's great to hear and it, I like what your goals are and what you're aiming for to get out of the social media and in in the process you're providing value to people so you're not just someone asking for followers you're you know you've got a plan in mind you're like I need to get to this many I'll obviously have more access to more people to share my content with and provide more value to and you know turn into a hustle as well because let's be honest i mean a big portion of this is turning it into a hustle on top Absolutely. of providing value to people so yeah um, i suppose i've actually made notes of what to ask you because um, i'm terrible at remembering very everything. organized I, exactly <laughs> I, I think i've asked just about everything but um there's one topic again we also touched up on before the podcast and that is the almighty clubhouse thoughts yes. i know you said you've had a very small experience through it it's time consuming am i right correct i think it's i think it is time consuming um unless unless you kind of make a priority to be active on it which is is wonderful and i think so many i think there's actually people on clubhouse who are on clubhouse constantly literally throughout the day who are either talking or you know part of a group um, but I think it, it's just another platform that if you use it correctly, Clubhouse can be incredibly valuable if you use it for networking and for discussing topics that maybe you were too afraid to talk about and you just want to hear. Um, then it can be it can be wonderful or, you know, educational even just like Instagram can be if you use it the right way, then it can be everything. Absolutely. I mean, look at look at us uh, being connected and right. now we're having this podcast. Look, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that slide into those DMs and uh, try and get a, a very superficial outcome and um, kind of focus on the wrong things. But 
Instagram's a great place. I, I love Instagram. I've been criticized yes. by my wife by spending too much time on it. I I see the value of spending too much time on it because it's like um, I'm, I'm trying to run a few kind of ideas that I have on that platform. I'm learning. There's a lot of it's all depending on who you follow as well. If you follow the right people, you're going to constantly get decent content on your homepage. Bravo, However, you need to it. be careful of uh, um, paralysis by analysis. So you still need to take Ooh. action. Yeah. Yes. Still need to take action. I think Gary V said that paralysis by analysis, but uh, it's it's great to see content and valuable motivational content. But what are you going to do with it? So sometimes even I have to drop that phone. Um, I find myself, for example, in my reading time, I have to put my phone in another room because the second I see one Bitcoin price go up and down, uh, forget Instagram. I need to be on that phone and check prices. So my personal two cents in this matter. But um, yeah, do you, do you find, um, how do you deal with uh, the current modern problem of people being too addicted to their phone? Oh God, I, I am quite an addict as well. And it's something that I, I'm working on. Um, but it's the thing with Instagram, going back to Instagram, the thing is, um, what you just said is so good about paralysis. Don't be, don't get paralysis by analysis, right? Yeah. Um, because on Instagram, especially we're scrolling and you could see incredible content. You could see the most wonderful quote. Um, you could see something super educational, like my video or something else. You could Hell see yeah. something great. <laughs> Just a little um, little shameless plug there. <laughs> um, but you could see something great. But what we do, what we tend to do on Instagram is to keep scrolling. And I, I, I heard someone talk about this recently. I can't remember who, but they were saying how you could literally, you're seeing, you're, you have value on your Instagram and you could be following all the right people but if you just keep scrolling and you don't actually digest a certain post or you don't actually think oh yeah what does that quote mean or oh yeah what could I do with that piece of information then you're kind of missing the point which in a way scares me a little bit so I was saying how Instagram is wonderful if you use it correctly but I kind of want to get to that point where if I see something or hear something groundbreaking to me I kind of want to be able to stop for a second and be like wow okay this is this just links something else in my brain and I can do this and you know I can get value from this post from some way so um yeah I think if you if you overuse your phone which I, I think we all do to an extent you can become immune to that a little bit you can become immune to the wonderful you know parts of the internet which are really helpful and valuable which I really don't want to become immune to <laughs> um <laughs> but again it's like how many hours is correct does anyone actually fully know like because I, I sometimes take meetings on my phone and things like that so it can be very easy to become addicted to it I think yeah definitely there's so much um, I rely on my phone for like my investments uh, social media um, it's actually reached a point where it's like I've gone I've gone really bad at certain certain uh, social media platforms like I've got probably a clutter of facebook messages i don't even check my facebook right. anymore okay say, reach me on whatsapp or instagram that's it that's the only two places i respond but um yes. or phone calls I, I love talking to people i was like call me man let's let's have a let's have a conversation <laughs> mr voice but um, yeah yeah it's it's very tricky there's a book i read called hooked um again i don't want to butcher the scientific explanation but it's talking about like the human mind seeking variable rewards and that is why we are addicted to uh, all these games in, on our phones and social medias because we're looking for something different. The second you get something that's consistent and you get used to it, you get bored. 
So we're looking for variable resorts, uh, results, sorry. And uh, hence why people love casinos and uh, the roulette machine, because you're paying for something, you have no idea where you're going to get. It's going to be different every time. You could either win money or you could lose money. So yeah. um, that's the formula that these companies are applying to these phones and these apps to keep you on there. The Social Dilemma, great documentary. If you guys haven't seen it, make sure you watch. Have you seen oh, it, Zara? I haven't. I'm going to add it to my mental list of Definitely things to watch. Do. Yeah. Have you seen Seaspiracy, by the way? Uh, no, I haven't actually. So this is, yeah, everyone's yeah. kind of watched. Everyone's posting it like, about it on the screen. <laughs> yes um i i've gone in yes. 10 minutes in i they still are. need to finish it but um, um it looks quite interesting and uh gives you kind of access to a whole different problem that we're going through so um yeah i i feel Very weird so. watching anything food related on netflix because um again i'm, I'm trying to sort my diet out more but i still love a good burger mm -hmm. and i still love good fish here and there so yeah um yeah, it's going to be tough. I agree. <laughs> I'm the exact same because I think I have very good friends of mine who are fully vegan and um, they're very passionate vegans, as you should be, you know, if you, if you want to, you know, be passionate about a topic, then I think that's wonderful. But um, the thing is, again, with these documentaries, I'm very kind of concerned about which ones I watch because they do, they get into your head and I think they're designed that way to really get into your head, whether it's the um, about the fishing or I think years ago, I think two or three years ago, there was a Netflix documentary called What the Health? Yes, and that yes. kind of went, do you remember that? That, that went crazy. Um, and you have to be, I, th I think absolutely watch them, but I think you do have to kind of be careful about some of, some of what they say and, and where these companies are funded and things like that. And, like where these documentaries are funded. Cause I think in one, one scene they said a boiled egg is as bad for you as like 10 cigarettes. And for me, I was just like, that makes no sense. And I don't think scientifically, if we really delve into it and if we really delve into, you know, why animal protein and animal fats are bad for you and things like that, then it still wouldn't equate. So I think it's great for awareness to watch, watch these things. But um, again, I'm very, um, I'm, I'm kind of very skeptical sometimes about what I watch because I, I do I do love vegan food and I do actually try and eat plant-based at least three or four times a week but I again I love a good burger we're Iranian we're like cholo we, kebab we all day hit me up literally <laughs> like cholo kebab like give me the korma sabzi the gheme the like everything and they've all got meat in them so yeah. um and i and i'd like to have that if you know if someone like my mom who's like an incredible cook makes it of course i'm gonna have it but again um yeah these document documentaries are really interesting and again things like for example tiger king like that was an era oh. wasn't it for us that was like that, crazy that was, uh, I, I know i said keep away from the entertainment but that was oh. <laughs> i mean if you were to walk into a hollywood studio and um you were to pitch that as a movie not reality tv but as a movie they would say, get out of my office, you're crazy. But uh, yet you've got the real version of it happening. I mean, yeah. wow, wow, mind-blowing. And um, yeah, I think uh, Joe Exotic asked for a pardon from Donald Trump, which he did not get, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> isn't that crazy, though? Isn't that crazy that we're so much of a fan of the bad guys in life? I mean, we people love Pablo Escobar. People love Joe Exotic. The guy... I don't want to give away the documentary. I mean, if you haven't seen it by now, then 
it's your fault. Like, <laughs> That's your own people, fault. Yeah. Yeah. People want to support someone that like hired someone to kill someone. So it, it's crazy how much, or like um, Heath Ledger's Joker, for example, how much do people identify with that character? Even Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Like people love the Joker character. It's it's like all the things you want to be that that like um, alternate, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Alter ego. Alter ego, yes. Can't get my English right now, but like your alter ego. And it's someone's like kind of persona that into reality. And you're like, I support this guy. I want them to do well, even though they represent everything that's not right by the you know guidelines of what it is to be a uh, good person. So it's insane how the human brain works. Yeah. And I think because Hollywood does glamorize these things, Hollywood and Netflix, and Netflix is a big, big player now in, 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 in what we watch. It, it didn't used to be like 10 years ago. It was just kind of, it was just, you know, the Hollywood films that were made and, you know, the series and HBO and um, all these different production companies. But now Netflix is really, in a way, in my, in my opinion, glamorizing some of this, um, whether that's good or bad. Um, maybe it's a sign of the times. Maybe it's just kind of what we what we are feeling. And, you know, even even with people like Trump, like I think you mentioned um, people like that, they even though he has a lot of haters let's be honest there's a lot of people who love him even if yeah, we put the politics yeah, to a side US, basically yeah they, they love him and and maybe he's got a lot of also secret fans who that we don't even know so um it's interesting so yeah maybe maybe it is a sign of the times or maybe it's the way they're portrayed and how kind of maybe courageous or they don't give a shit about anything um i'm actually watching re-watching um the sopranos Oh, which wow. is like you know, i'm guilty of uh please do not shame me add uh, it to your I've list it's fine yes yes <laughs> so i think on the list yeah i genuinely think you'd love it here bro you really really i think it's like it's probably one of the best tv shows i've ever seen um and it's just made so differently to every other tv show uh, and the, the main guy, I'm not going to give anything away, but the main guy, Tony Soprano, he's like a head of a big mafia organization. An actor. He's a great actor. He's James Gandolfini, right? R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's, he's, he's a wonderful, wonderful actor. And, and he's um, the, the, the whole series, I think it's six seasons long. It's just, it's so great. And you're kind of torn whether to love him or hate him because he's like killing people and he's head of the mafia in New Jersey and yeah. he's doing all these bad things. But at the same time, he's a family man. It's like Pablo Escobar. It's like that contrast. It's like that, that Michael actually... Corleone character. Right, exactly. And I, I actually rewatched um, part Godfather Part 2 recently as well. And that's like oh, stellar that is, film. I mean, every time I watch them, they get better. They seem to get better. On Bad yes. Guys, actually, I... I would disagree with you on the greatest TV show, although I, I can't disagree with you because I haven't seen the surprise. You haven't seen it, but yes. For, but for me, the greatest TV show has to be House of Cards. Uh, Kevin oh, okay. Spacey is the ultimate. That TV show was the ultimate. I think they nailed everything from uh, cinematics to music to the actors to the storyline. I mean, and I mean, Kevin Spacey, love him or hate him, regardless of the allegations he had. The guy is phenomenal at what he does. I, I was one of the people, I was like, please let him film from prison. Just let, let us like, <laughs> I, I want this show to continue. It can't stop. And there was a joke that they were like, they were like, Kevin Spacey didn't even know the camera was on during during the filming of House <laughs> of Cards. He was just being himself. Right. So uh, yes, he is scary good at that role. And 
if you haven't, ha have you seen it? You haven't, right? I, I'm going to have to do what you did and put my hands up and right. say I haven't actually, but I'm, so I don't know, I don't know how I can admit this, but I'm a big Kevin Spacey as an actor fan. I think he's oh, same, same. like, he's like his films, um, American Beauty, uh, Usual Suspects. Like if you haven't seen The Usual Suspects, like that's like mind blowing. So um, he's, I think, again, I agree with you. He's wonderful at what he does. And I think there's a case of separating the art from the artist. Cause I, I think- I always say that. I always right? say that. I love that you've just said that. That's awesome. It's, you got to separate what they, what their craft is, what they do from who the person is. It's two different things. That's our opinion. I mean, some yeah. people might disagree, but uh, they, they might, yeah. You cannot deny that this guy. Okay, again, if you if you're a big fan of Kevin Spacey, you will. I mean, you'll be upset that House of Cards is still not being filmed. So, I'll just say that much. Start watching that show, and the next episode I have you on, we're gonna have a recap of your experience on House <laughs> of Cards and my experience of uh, The Sopranos. So, yes, uh, I'm, okay, I'm looking deal. forward to that. But um, yeah, we covered quite a bit today and I feel like times Woo! flew by. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for making time to come on the podcast. I think a lot of people get value from this and I look forward to having you back on, especially for our movie and TV show, sorry, our TV show, Catch Up. But yes. um, where can, besides your Instagram handle, is there anywhere else where you're sharing content or is it just Instagram that people can find you? Please let us know. Plug anything you want to plug right now. Go for it. <laughs> this podcast is yours. Yes. Um, well, I think on Instagram is my it's my main kind of platform. So at it's Zara Nia is my Instagram account. Feel free to um, reach me there. I answer almost all DMs. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got a lot of kind of cool reels coming up and videos. And um, yeah, I also talk. I also do videos about being Iranian um, and about the new year that's just passed. So yeah, if you want to kind of see cool fun science videos presented in an interesting way and just nice content um science tech and iranian related then follow me on at it's Arania. that's another shameless plug <laughs> <laughs> no thank you very much and uh, yeah i'll include it in the show notes of course ladies and gentlemen zahrania and i want to end with the famous quote from uh, jesse pinkman from how um breaking bad science bitch Thank you for Science, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Bye.